Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture with me, Robert Bound. On this week's episode, I'm chatting to the De Violet brothers, that's Stephen and David. You'll probably know them better as the Belgian musical superduo Soulwax, who spent the last 25 years as titans of electronica, or even their second pseudonym, Too Many DJs, who are pioneers of the electroclash era during the noughties. When Soulwax aren't DJing huge clubs, not that they've been able to do that for a while, and we'll talk about that a bit later, they might be in their very handsome studio in Ghent, or coming up with high-fidelity nightclub concepts like Dispacio, producing other artists on their label DV, or releasing books and documentaries. The Devola brothers have many strings to their bow, and this May marks the 50th release on their label of a compilation album called Foundations. Here are Stephen and David, aka Soulwax, a very charming, well-dressed duo, who spoke to me from their studio in Ghent about the now, the then, and the future. David and Stephen, thank you so much for your time. It's wonderful to hear you and see you in this beautiful new studio in Ghent. Um, are you in your natural habitat, oh, like a nature documentary, where we, we see you in the kind of undergrowth in this in this studio? Are you, are you happy installed there? One hundred percent. This is our natural habitat. This is sort <laughs> of where where we, even when we're away and we're very happy, we this is the place we want to come back to. Yeah, I mean, you've made you've made an absolutely stunning space here. I've seen some of the photographs of it, and it looks absolutely it looks like an amazing thing. Does it signal more studio time? Does it does it signal more making? I mean, I know that you've obviously got your fiftieth release, which is amazing, and um, foundations. But does, does this signal kind of like a kind of new beginning, new studio, all the rest of it? Well, I guess when we built the building, the reason we built it was so we could have a space where we can go back to and where we'd be kind of isolated from the rest of the world mm -hmm. or say from Ghent, where it is, and where we could do stuff that was, yeah, like where we could do everything we wanted to try out um, acoustically, technically. And I think on the upper floors, we have our record collection and our book collection and a lot of other stuff. So it, it turned out, it turned into a building that houses a lot of the things that we like. Uh, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the things we've collected, and I guess for us, yeah, coming here is always like you rediscover things, and yeah, it's kind of fun. When we built this, our lives were primarily based around touring, uh -huh. and then every once in a while coming back and you know finishing a remix or or doing an album, and well, obviously now during the pandemic, it's completely you know the different uh, direction. But even prior to that, it was, um, I think, yes, it means uh, more, more studio, more projects, more collaborative efforts. And that sort of means that it has become our natural habitat. Is it like going to the office for you guys in a good way? I mean, is, is, your, working, is your working life such that you're on kind of normal nine to five rails? Are you, you know, do you get inspiration at kind of three in the morning and kind of have to jump in the car and whiz around the corner and get in the studio? How, how do ideas come to you and how do you lay them down? How, how's your sort of, what are the working practices like? I, I guess this idea of it being like an office is maybe a good example, but it's, 
it's a very luxurious office in the sense that you open the door and you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> but it, it, we come in, I mean, as much as we can. And then if we're not touring and we just, there's always like, I think we've, we, we have this really bad habit of whenever we are on a project, already starting three other things. And so we just hop from one to the other. So it's very, very rare that we come in and we go, what are we going to do today? No, it's usually, usually what it's, have we not done? What have we not done? That we need to do, because usually, this is terrible to say. Um, yeah, maybe you shouldn't say all this. <laughs> we usually are behind on stuff. Yeah. And we usually, like, like most emails start with, forgive the lateness of my reply. And it's, it's I'm the, really sorry for applying. Yeah, or it's I'm, I'm so late. Sorry, we're, we're, we've missed this deadline by a few days, but here it is. So remember that remix you asked us six months ago. No, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, but it, it is. That, it's it's this is realistic. Like that's that is sort of how um, how we operate, and the people around us it drives them mad, of course. But for us, it makes sense. We we that that sort of chaos of um, juggling the plates. That makes complete sense to us because quite often, regardless of the practical side to it, it's more the creative side. Sometimes when you are when you're working on something and you 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 you're stuck, it's so refreshing to just set it aside for a second and open the other thing, and that might help you, even if it's not linked creatively. It's just that could help you give the headspace to open the other project and it seems like the studio is, is is a facility for making that happen as well you've got your amazing record collection and it's kind of in, in, in such a beautiful record library is that like you know if you're a painter you you need some you need some prints you need some postcards in your studio to refer to if you're a writer it's nice to, to work in a book lined room as musicians do, is that is that that great thing is that a great way to kind of like punch away at some writer's block. It's not necessary at all. I mean, to be really honest, I mean, it is, it looks like a dream for a lot of people, but it's also, we should mention to people, most of the things that are in there, the collection, or say the desk we're we're now sitting on, or a lot of the synths you see around you, are all stuff that Dave and me have been gathering the last 30 years of our, when, when we started making music. I mean, it is impressive when you're here, but I mean, it's just a lot of stuff that we've had for a long time and we wanted to have the things that we like the most to be in the same space. And what it does is it gives you... We feel with a lot of artists we're working with here that we're working on the label with, they go upstairs and then we're like, oh, have you heard this record? And then they, and then it's amazing when they then go, oh, I've just listened to this and then next to it was this and whoa, whoa, what's the? And I guess it's also a way for us to share with other people who come here and work with us like hey have you seen this and then we kind of have an in-house system where we put all this crazy stuff that we've been collecting on films and videos and experimental stuff so there's a purpose to it i think for us but it is a little bit custom made to how we yeah like i don't think i don't think uh i don't think you know, whatever. Like, I don't think a huge. I don't think Prince needed a gigantic li- no. library of, of no. records. Or, like, it's not necessary at all. It's just this is how. This is how we grew up. Also, like our dad was a was a DJ, and we grew there was up around records everywhere. Yeah. and that's it, it, true. So that yeah. it's that's probably you know what, don't want to go too deep in the amateur psychology, but like that's probably where it went wrong. You know, our <laughs> our mind allows for a, a crazy project like building that that yeah. library and spending years. And, and by the way, the record the record library is is a really funny one because 
so many people come up to us and go like, oh, it must be amazing to have your whole collection. And we just think, we're like, yeah, but it's never finished, is it? Because we keep buying records and we have to keep going through them. Then, and then it feels like it's, it's the never-ending story. But that's a nice thing. Does it feel like that, that room with all the records in is like a weight? It feels like opening the door to your brain, surely. It's your history. It could be. It's, yeah. it's your dad. It's, it's your, it could yeah, be yeah. your future as well. Who knows what sounds are, are stuck in, in those grooves. It's, it's like opening up the top of your head, surely. It's also that place. We, we put a table in the middle of it. And I think when we were building the building, we thought that we were, were going to spend way more time in top of the building. We have like a little seating area with books and stuff like that. But the record library is where we eat, where we talk, where we hang out, where we... It really has become like our play, the, it's, the, it's sort the, of the heart the, of the building. It's, it's the nucleus of the, yeah. of the building. And quite simply, architecturally, I think any, yeah. uh, any architect would, would, uh, would say this, it's, it's probably just because it's next to the kitchen. Because people tend to gravitate to where the kitchen is. And because so, it's next to the kitchen, it's also where you eat. It's where you hang out. It's where you listen to music. It's it, it's where you it's where you go to when you enter the building. Even before we come down and work, it's where we go to first to you know to make a tea and and, yeah, and, uh, and and sit down. Seeing you here, I mean, you, you've got some some lovely kit arrayed around you. I know there's you've got you know your favourite samplers, desks, all these all these different things that you've collected over the years that you use. Are you, are you good at incorporating all the things that you've you've used over the years? Do they all play a part, or is it just nice to have them somewhere in a cupboard or linked up to the electricity so that they can be they can be used at some point? Do you need all your toys around you to kind of feel like you're in a calm, creative space? I well, it's know. twofold. One, sort of like with the records, really the question is, could we be as productive if we didn't have any of this? And the answer is probably yes, but differently. Because, for example, in this last year, because of COVID, we've been mainly working with people from a distance. So you have to send stuff back and forth. And so all of this analog stuff for the last year hasn't been used so much. Why? Because when you are working with people back and forth, it sounds different the next day. Even if you just touch one little thing, it doesn't sound... So quite often when you're working with someone, it's like, ah, oh, you know what, that reverb, can, you, can, we make, can we shorten it a little bit? And then the next day you go in and it doesn't sound the same. So, so we probably could be as productive but differently... But the other thing, what it does is sort of similar as with the records, is it, it's, it's inspiring to have around you. But also what we tend to gravitate towards visually and sonically is when things don't work. And when machines don't do what they're supposed to do, that's sort of what makes, us, makes our ears go like, ooh, that's interesting. Uh -huh. Even when you, when, we, when you listen to a record, when everything is correct, it, do, it doesn't sound fun or interesting. And that is mainly what what this stuff does for us. It's like we have a thing that's cool and it's and it's fine and it works. But if we need some edge or uh, the, there's a Flemish saying where we say hookah. Uh, it's like when the corner is rounded, like when there's a, a corner missing. 
that's sort of what we're looking for always. And that's what this gear gives us. I like that. So, so the, the gear can be can give you a minor chord. It can give you a kind of sound clash. It can give you... 100%. Yeah, the black keys sometimes when you're being yes. playing the white keys. Uh, 100%. 100%. 100%. We, yeah, yeah the, I think that's what... But I, I mean, and Dave was explaining a little bit why those machines are so important or, or the last year, why we haven't used some of them. But what we also have done is like we've limited our choices. So when we do record something, we sometimes go, you know what, We're, we can only make it with those two keyboards. That's it. We're not allowed to go there. We're not allowed to go. Mm, what if I plug this in? Or I mean, <laughs> which is a fun exercise, but we have to limit ourselves in in uh, in, in many. We've and, done that. And there's another component to this: is that sometimes we don't have to limit ourselves. Sometimes the old gear just breaks down, and we are Amazing. just limited to whatever works. Yeah, and that's that's cool. that's also true. It's like a lot of it is like, ah, shit, we need to repair. And that's that's the fun with the sort of the analog vintage gears that sometimes it it then moves to a repair uh, vortex where there's repairmen all over the world that they're all the same. Like they say, yeah, yeah, sure, I can fix this. And then six months later, it's still there. But then when you get it back, it feels like you have a new toy. Instrument, yeah. Like it yeah. feels like, oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, this is cool. We can do this. So these, these, um, some of these vintage synths and, and desks and all the rest of it, these things are just the, the way that something's fixed, you know, the way, the way that the copper wires are, are, are sold and all the rest of it will give you a new sound, right? These these sort of synths, synths from the late 60s, early 70s and stuff, they were, people were sort of experimenting them, like having your head under the bonnet of a car to tune an engine, right? So that you get, you must get some wild sounds from these things. Yeah, yeah. Some of, the, some of these like synths that we have, there's, there's, there's a couple here that We've played on different, for, I mean, on different copies of them in other studios all over the world, and they don't sound alike. Each one has a very different sound because they were made manually, and they, the circuit board was done in a different way or something like that. And then, like, I, I, I guess the ones that we have here are the ones that we really know inside out, and we know what kind of sounds you can get out of it. But it's happened that we like a sort a synth, and then somebody else buys a similar synth, and they're like, wait, but it doesn't sound like yours. And we're like, yeah, because it's probably i don't know somebody miswired something or something you know like that could also be a thing so they're very i mean they're very characterful machines like dave says i think a lot of people don't have the patience when they break down or or know how to use them or, or, or do stuff with them i guess in in conjunction with like new new in the box material uh, that we can also use that's i think where the possibilities become limited because now we're able to drive these machines in very different ways than, say, what they could do 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And I guess that's also a thing that really excites us. Yeah, and that, that presumably is something on Foundations, this, uh, your new compilation, this new record. What's that? That seems to me, sound, that sounds like it's kind of you know, whooshing between the old and the new and, and, and it's kind of got contemporary sounds butting up to some more vintage kind of electronica as well. Um, what's the, um, how was that sort of put together and what was your sort of guiding guiding principle behind Foundations? Also, I love the idea that it's your 50th release and you're calling it Foundations. It's like, that's cheeky. <laughs> um, so Still fresh. <laughs> um, so when we built this building, it was meant to be our studio. It was meant to be the place where we come and, and, and make music. And, um, and the other functions we just talked about, like the records and the books and all this stuff, but mainly to become functional, at the point where we were in our lives when we were, were building this, we were mainly touring and we were accepting very little things. And gradually we started to accept 
more and more things because we have multiple studios and people that we can work with and collaborate with and have different projects, sort of the plate spinning um, thing that mm -hmm. we talked about earlier. <laughs> you we said plate juggling before, which I really like because that's much more difficult. <laughs> it's yes, also sure. a very DJ. Make sure, make sure you've dried your hands before you do that. <laughs> but it's also very DJ then to go plate spinning. Ah, oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 It was actually Steph's idea who was saying, like, as a touring musician and DJ, to have a label was sort of a thing that has. Uh, had come into our orbit a couple times already. And we always said, nah, we're not really that interested. But Steph's idea was like, well, why don't we have a label where everything is just made in-house? So people come to the building, we spend time with them, we, we collaborate with them. We have another studio, a smaller kind of studio upstairs where they can sort of spend maybe three, four days working on ideas. We go up a couple times a day, we tell them, hmm, try and you know, try a different tempo, try make a song about this or try this machine that doesn't work, but it's cool. Um, uh, and, and then after a few days, we're like, okay, well, this is cool. Let's bring it down here and, and finish it. And that output um, is what then became um, everything that has come out on Dewey in the last five years. And the compilation is a compilation of old and new, all the stuff from the last five years that we, you know, that we think could fit on this compilation with... I think four new unreleased things that are that from the future. And uh, yeah, like you said, the, the name Foundations, I thought was like, because we wanted it to be about the building. The, the, the label has become its own thing and has become, uh, you know, has its own success. But I think we, we wanted to put the emphasis on the building because contrary to many other labels of our contemporaries, where labels are sort of by association, Someone goes and says, oh, I, lo I love their aesthetic, I love their sound. I am in, say, Montreal. I am making music. I'm sending that music to them, and they release it out onto the, into the world. We, we didn't want to do that. We didn't really want to have a situation where we would be working with people remotely, people that we don't really know. So the reverse thing is what we built. is We built a studio where we could work with mainly friends that we already have, you know, people that we already liked and... and got on with and had made vague plans to make music with. And then they come here, we, we make something together and we put it out as Dewey into the, into the world. But the, the releasing part of the label is only just a small part of what we do. The, the main gist is developing and, uh, and creating and collaborating. A little Therese, spending your eternal heaven, doing good upon the earth. I ask... Please, pick a broom from the gardens of paradise and send it down to me as a message of your gentle love. Yeah, it's a lovely idea. It's an in-house production hub, right? I mean, it's a really lovely... You're kind of like the guys in the Brill building, you know, or, or you know, it's, it's it's like a Motown feeling. It's a real production line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and, and, and it, and and it is in that way because of... everyone sort of does help each other as well. Like if uh, if we're working on one person's record, the, the other person who will be coming in to play, uh oh, to play a demo. Sorry, it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's open the let's say, uh, in, open the interview up. This would be like this is your life. No, oh, you don't want my mom involved. Um, so uh, what I was going to say is like when, when if we're working on, with someone downstairs, like the other the the other person maybe wants to play their demos to us is already upstairs, and they you know we play it to them, and they'll be like, oh, that's that's really great, and it's a real family, just like the Motown and. 
maybe Stacks or, or mm. Decker. It, it is a, um, a, a tight group of people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely kind of project. And it's obviously the centerpiece being this wonderful studio and stuff. And you, you guys having this kind of, I don't know, if I may say so, a really admirable sort of Northern European work ethic. This idea that you turn up to this place. I lo- I've always loved your style and things like that. It's, it's, it's kind of looking the world in the eye and wanting to be done as you do to others, right? There's something <laughs> kind of nice about the the, the soul wax yeah. vibe. I've always I've always thought that. Is there <laughs> any nice. sense in that? I think dressing up to go to work and doing your thing is is cool. We we did we did until we saw um, uh, Jack White's Third Man Records. We also mm. were thinking about everyone should have a a work. You know, like they used to have at Abbey Road, lab like coats. everyone had like a lap coat on and yeah. like a, and his name embroidered on it. Yeah, I think we always wanted those things, but I mean. I, I guess the, the 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 thing also about this building was that I think because we were touring so much, and people were asking us to to remix or pr- produce other people or to become a and Rs for for labels, and I guess we were a little bit like yeah, but maybe why don't we just release things that we have done ourselves, like where we've been involved from the beginning till the end part, and I I guess it's the hard way because there's so much time that goes into it. But you can only do that if you spend time here and if you are here every day and if you start to know the people you're working with a little bit better and it makes for better performances or it makes for pushing people a bit further than I think they normally would have time for. And in that way, we called it Foundations because there's so much more coming in the next couple of months and years and there's a lot of stuff we've been working on. So yeah, it's it's, it's been pretty exciting for us as well. Um, so you mentioned guys touring it's crazy you guys were kind of presumably living on a plane a lot of the year and now you are in beautiful ghent and you're in your lovely studio um and i'm I'm sure that there are there are worse places to be but what's what's it like to suddenly have that drop off i mean i know that you've you know your interest in studio studio is one thing but your your interest in the sound quality of clubs and you know and, and creating spaces and creating nights and beautiful um uh, uh, kind of labyrinthine experiences for people across the world has been such a big part of your your life what are your hopes for the future for that how do you feel about getting out and things like that well, that question has there's so there's four parts in the question already we actually think it would be amazing because I think people would be so hungry if that day comes or when that day comes and we can do it in really good circumstances and amazing. There's a physical emotion that comes with loud music and I guess when we do like our, the sound system we designed with, with James uh, Despacio, it's primarily that. It was, we, we built it with the idea that people would have a physical experience that they will maybe don't have in other, in other places. That's one part. I guess Dave and me, the last 20 years of our lives were three out of five weeks we were on a plane or in a hotel somewhere in the world. So to all of a sudden spend a whole year in one place is already a weird one for us. And it's interesting that Steph and I have different reactions to it. I think Steph's a lot more at ease with being just here and to me, I think my Dave misses the airport. <laughs> yeah, I miss I miss the banal things like checking into a hotel. Like, I, yeah. I, you know what? That's that's a bit, you know, facetious to 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 say that. But really, what I really really miss is this feeling that nothing else c- 
can replace and that is when you're living that life where you're like you're in Chile for 48 hours and then you go to Milan and then you're in New York and then you're in LA just by being in a place for even a short amount of time you feel connected to the world and that that is something I, I, I really desperately miss right now I, I feel disconnected from a from a world where everyone's sort of a lot more in their own bubbles and we you know there's not can't go more bubble than this uh, <laughs> this is this is definitely uh, our own bubble and it's amazing but it for the better part of 20 years it was matched with an but incredible I, connection to the world but but i guess this year has also emphasized that we are close relations with people our friends or the people we have close relationships with are all over the world and maybe the last 20 years we never really thought about what if we are stuck in one place and because of the internet it's it's been amazing to to keep in contact with these people now i also miss like what dave says having amazing record stores all over the world and and hanging out with friends and and have you know like all those things what i don't miss and that's the difference between us i really don't miss the banal airport i don't miss terminal five i really don't I have to say, you don't I, miss I the like noodles it. in the cafe lounge. In no, Hong Kong. no, I don't. And and, and I do. And you know, like yeah. it's it's a thing where sometimes people w w would come up to Dave and me and they'd be like, "Oh, you know, you have so many miles and you have so many, you know, like they they would look at and I'd be like, "There's nothing, nothing in that to be proud of." You know, like it's if anything, it shows you how disconnected you've been from reality sometimes. Yeah, no, it's not something to be proud of. I know, I know, but, but like but he, he misses some little, like little things, but, but they've been integral parts of our lives. I kind of like also the idea that I had to rethink this whole thing. Yeah. Maybe you can just um, put a chocolate on your pillow and um, For make the little, make the loo roll into a little little triangle. Make a little you swan. You can do that at, at home. Make a little swan out of like a towel. Out of the myself. towel. <laughs> like, uh, and here's your yeah. swan, Steph. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you mean, though. It's because it's that those things also influence your work, that kind of getting your mind into that rhythm. It can be a creative thing for some people, not for others. You know I, I, don't like, I don't like how we, we're pinning each other against each other now, like as in... Like he misses it, or I don't miss. I think it's it's way more intricate than than than. No, but there's a tangible. Like I yeah. I, I I remember telling Steph a few months ago that there, there's this there's this moment that's actually horrible, but was a big part of how sort of my mind works for ideas, and that is the 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 moment where you land on the tarmac and they say we have to wait you know 20 minutes before we can the gate's not ready or whatever, and everyone just goes like oh it's terrible. Yeah. And that sort of zoning out and then coming back out, sometimes that, that was a part of the creative process for me. Like, cause you, yeah, I would be thinking true. of stuff. And those dead we moments. Made it, we made a lot of stuff on yeah. planes so, and in hotels. So that, that is something that I... Uh, now when we come to the studio, we are here to work. And those dead moments are sort of gone. And, and ah. if we're really honest with you, now that everybody knows that we're here, the real work is being done at night. Because that's when everyone's asleep, or there's like a, a night curfew, and people can't get out, there, can't physically come to the door, or something. Um, so most of the work we do here is at night when nobody can disturb us. Yeah. I wondered, um, just just finally on that travel thing, both of you, what have been your kind of favorite itineraries, your favorite festivals to play, your favorite clubs to play, favorite islands to visit, how long, whatever? How long do you have? How long? Number one for us. The trip that we've always 
looked forward to in our heads has always been Japan. We were really lucky when we started with our band with Solwax in 96, I think, or 90... First time we went was 99. 99. First time. We, uh, we, did a, we went as the, with our band for the first time to Japan. And we've been to Japan maybe twice a year, every year since. And it is, for Dave and me, it's kind of out of category. Because you know, people uh-huh. ask you, what's the favorite place? What's your favorite thing? And you're like, yeah, so there's Japan, and then, there's the, that, and then, we, can, then we can have like a sort of a list. Because that's in itself, it's a bit like um, Treasure Island. It just feels like every time we go, we keep chipping away, and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing, or, or this is so beautiful. Or, and it's been very inspiring for us because we've been, I think the building we built actually is sort of like a tribute to Japanese architecture. And so there's a lot of influence, I think, from Japanese culture in, in our lives and in what we buy and in what we've, we listen to and stuff. Dave like, always says when we land, <laughs> I, I am already sad when we land that we have to leave in 10 <laughs> days or 12 days. That was Stephen and David Davale of Solwax, and their new compilation album Foundations is out on Dave Records on May the 10th. Monocle on Culture is produced by Holly Fisher. Join us again next week for our 500th episode. But until then, from me, Robert Bounds, thank you very much for tuning in. Oh, love